Let's talk about trumped up charges on this episode of Pushback. If you're concerned about the direction our culture is heading, then maybe it's time to push back. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pushback. I'm Dr. Johnny coming to you one day late again. Uh, there's been sort of a pattern here over the last month or so, and then it's just been boiling down to my schedule and to my work schedule. Um, so I apologize for releasing this podcast one day late here on a Friday, um, but it's been that kind of week. And uh, I've been releasing a series of podcasts on health and fitness and weight loss, uh, and those have been very well received, and I appreciate your attention on that. And I might circle back to that. I have a few more things I'd like to say from a medical standpoint and from a ministerial standpoint and certainly from a cultural standpoint, because I believe like it's so important, uh, not only for us to take care of our temple um, where the Holy Spirit resides, uh, but so that we could be fit, uh, fitness, uh, fit for what the Lord has called us to do and to be. And so I'm passionate about that, and it's been kind of my journey this year as well. Uh, but there's our times, as you probably have noticed in previous podcasts, when we sort of need to focus on what's happening in this world and in our culture today. And this podcast is entitled Trumped Up Charges. And uh, the goal of this podcast is never to tell you who to vote for or for this to be a political stump uh, for my views or my standpoints. Um, however, uh, it's important that we see the bigger picture from a cultural standpoint. That's why I always want to focus on and, and bring your attention to. And so my goal also isn't to be a lawyer of any sort or to litigate any type of cases. It's just out of my wheelhouse and I would feel uncomfortable diving into that too much. Um, and I certainly don't want to, at this point for this podcast, talk about the events of January 6th uh, and the, and I'll put this in quote, the riot that took place uh, on January 6th. You can comment how much of a really a riot it was. Um, but uh, it was an unfortunate historical event for our country for sure. Uh, and the ramifications uh, are still being discussed now, uh, maybe blown out of proportion to a certain degree. Uh, but I believe there's something bigger and there's something even more sinister and something that requires our attention from a cultural standpoint about this latest indictment on Donald Trump. Now, we need to just look at this from 10,000 feet. Um, this is a former president and the easy uh, front runner for the GOP nomination uh, being indicted by the Justice Department of his opponent. And so that in and of itself is bad copy. It doesn't, it doesn't look good. And, uh, and so there's something that, that stinketh in Denmark uh, about this whole process that Donald Trump since uh, day one of his candidacy uh, has been under attack and the what would be called the deep state or the establishment of Washington has certainly been going after him and trying to take him out certainly is being seen as a threat to what they hold as most important. Um, I believe that there was an interesting perspective by Tucker Carlson that I saw uh, where he was talking about 
the moment that Donald Trump was not only in the crosshairs of the Democratic or liberal uh, wing of our country, but also the Republicans. And there was a moment during a debate uh, where Donald Trump made the assertion on the debate stage that the GOP leadership, uh, probably most namely George W. Bush, lied about the war uh, in Iraq, uh, about the weapons, weapons of mass destruction. And he sort of went off on the debate stage saying that these were warmongers that Trump, that <laughs> Trumped, that actually, uh, brought this illusion up so that, uh, we would be engaged in foreign battles and wars. Um, they said Tucker Carlson made the point that at that moment, Donald Trump became an enemy of the state of the establishment of the, Establishment that has seen financial gain and prosperity through a a hawkish war um, mentality because that's where the money is. And again, the point of this podcast isn't to start digging up conspiracy theories, but it was interesting because you really can trace the animus and the uh, vitriol toward Donald Trump to that moment. And going forward, uh, there's been obstruction, not only now of his candidacy, but actually of his presidency as well. I believe that we can actually make a case for that. But there is something even bigger than all of this, I believe, in this latest indictment uh, to Donald Trump that was released this week. Um, and it's regarding the January 6th, and he's being accused of inciting this riot. Um, and that is the part that requires a lot of our attention. And here's the issue. Donald Trump made statements on that day that the uh, prosecution is claiming incited riotous activity. Um, the crazy part of the indictment, um, certainly Donald Trump never said that this crowd was supposed to go over to the Capitol and start breaking windows and, and start overthrowing the due process of our country. That was never what was said. And um, the, the, the problem was, is that they are saying that he incited this event with knowingly false information. Now, why is that important? It's important because this indictment flies directly into the face of our First Amendment rights. And really, of all the amendments, you can make arguments or justifications. I believe that it's probably one of the most important. I don't know if the Founding Fathers put them in order, but I would think that maybe they did. Uh, also in the First Amendment is the freedom of free exercise of religion, which is sort of interesting because that has been nuanced and, and that has been uh, evolved and maybe shifted with the whole separation of church and state, which is not in the First Amendment. In fact, it was, it was when Thomas Jefferson referenced that phrase in a letter, not a government document, he was actually talking about protecting religion from any tentacles of government. Not the other way around, not protecting government from the tentacles of religion. In fact, once again, if you read the First Amendment, it talks about the free exercise of religion. Free exercise. Free exercise. <laughs> it's not just the right to have religion. It's not just the right to go to church. It's the right to freely express and, and exercise our religion. Not freely exercise the right to religion. That's a different thing. It's to freely exercise our religion. <laughs> I want to make that very clear. 
The founding fathers saw that as the most important, that the government could never shut down or decrease or eliminate or protect or guard or suppress religious exercise. So here we are now with what I believe is free speech being sort of assaulted in a very overt way in this case. Now, when you look at First Amendment rights, and the right of free speech, there are certain exceptions. The classic one that law students always learn in law school is that you can't walk into a theater and yell fire. There are some limits. There, there from some obscene comments, some things about child protection. Uh, there are some things that you can't say as an advertising company that are completely false. That's true. That's true that you can't. Um, so there are some limits. And however, when I looked at the phraseology of those limits, it's interesting because protected under the First Amendment, which I was a little bit surprised, is you can actually talk about breaking the law. You can actually talk about the things in government that are incorrect and maybe should be overthrown or or uh, going against certain laws that are on the books. You can actually talk about that freely. What you can't do is incite a mob to go create violence in results of that. And that's obviously what Donald Trump is being accused of. And the court will have to decide whether he actually did that or not. But in the indictment, it's talking about what he said and the conveying of false information. And this is the part that should send a shudder down our spine. Because it is absolutely our First Amendment protected right to say things that aren't even true. We can do that. We can say things that are outlandish or don't have a lot of support. It's called free speech. And that is actually coming under attack. We saw it all in the last year in regards to censorship leading up to the election. There's, there's a twofold nuance going on here. And and I know uh, Vivek uh, Rams, Ramswamy, hopefully I'm saying that right, also running for the GOP nomination. His take on it was that Trump was careless. However, um, when we, we have to be careful when we talk about a group of people who feel like they're being censored. And I'm doing a little bit of a, a quasi-quote of Vivek when he says that when people are censored or quieted, they begin to scream. When they are not allowed to scream, they tend to tear things down. And he feels the events leading up to January 6th was actually what happened the previous year and up into the election where people felt like they were being censored, where they felt like they were being censored by the government, which, my friends, is communist China type stuff. And so when President Trump stands on the pulpit and says, I think that this election was stolen, he actually has the absolute protected first right amendment to say such a thing. And he's being accused of knowingly falsifying that information. Now, now that is a twofold problem. One is he has the right to say it. Number two is I don't believe that it's actually ever been really litigated whether he was right or not. When when a current poll comes out and says about 40% of Americans believe that the last election wasn't free and fair, we have a problem in our country. 
40%, I believe that's really a high number years after the actual event. And so when they keep saying that Trump has laid out falsified or unproven or unverified information, well, then verify it. You can't just call it unverified without actually an investigation. And so many judges throughout the country throughout any investigation attempts by the Trump administration and his campaign that we still don't really know. So he not only has the right to say it, the, the accusation that it's falsified is also not true, ironically. And so when the New York Times reporter comes out and keeps saying that Trump is, is conveying debunked information, well, then show me the debunked information. Show me how it was falsified. Show me how he is lying and saying things that he does not know is true. And so take that aside, just put that into a little pile and move it over to the side. Whether I could be completely wrong I'm not making any statements about whether the election was free or fair. I'm just saying it's possible. There were things that looked really fishy about it. There are things that make me uncomfortable. There are things about it that doesn't that didn't seem right at the time. It doesn't seem right now, even two, three years later. So if that's the case, then why aren't we investigating that? Why aren't we proving it? But let's just put that aside for a second. What's being litigated now and what Trump is being indicted on is that he gave false information. Now, there's actually been cases in the past where politicians are actually protected uh, against any litigation about the things that they say. Let me break that down. They are they have the complete right to lie. <laughs> it's it's been it's been a well rehearsed practice for politicians for years. This isn't new or shocking. They can say things. They can confabulate things. They can exaggerate things. That's what politicians do. Now we can argue the moral basis of that, but that's not a legal basis. So Trump really has the right to say what he wants to say. But in the layer of the indictment is that not only did he convey false information, which we don't know whether it is actually false, but that he knowingly conveyed false information. My friends, I hope as I peel back this onion that this isn't too confusing, but I hope that you start to see the danger here of not only a former president being accused of conveying false information, but the protection of our First Amendment to do so. So I can go on my podcast and I can say outlandish things. I don't want to. It's not my culture that I'm creating for my podcast. Let's go back to COVID. I know this is a dangerous place to go. There are many people that didn't agree with me and my positions on COVID or the vaccination. And I understand that. And you have absolutely every right to reject what I say. But I have the First Amendment right to give my opinion. Now, you may say, Dr. Johnny, your information is wrong, or you didn't research it enough, or it's falsified, or you're, you're trying to sell something, or you're conveying something that isn't true. I hope I didn't do that, but let's just say I did. I have every right to do that. Now, there's some rules about false advertising, and I'm not trying to sell anything here. I'm just giving an opinion, which I have absolute right to do. Despite that, there was some censorship that was coming down on YouTube and Twitter and all these different places. We know the story about all of that. 
And there were even moments where some of the things that I were I was saying about President Biden and different things were being censored or blocked for a period of time. That's not okay. That's an absolute infringement on my First Amendment rights. The First Amendment rights doesn't say that you have to have all of your facts straight. First Amendment rights does not say that I, my opinion has to line up with the current administration's opinion, which is the part that sends a chill down my spine. Because really what's happening during this Trump indictment is that he is being accused of conveying information that doesn't line up with the current administration's transcript. My friends, that is a problem. That is a big problem. And you can argue all about the fact that a former president is being indicted at all. Not only a former president, but a candidate, the leading candidate against the current president and his Justice Department coming after his rival. You can argue all of those things, and I can spend another podcast talking about how that stinketh. (laughs) But make no mistake about it. The real sinister piece here is our ability to speak. The Founding Fathers put it at the top of the list. It's what I'm doing every week on this podcast. It's what we do at church and at work and at school and all the different places where we have free interchange of ideas. It's the backbone upon which our country was founded. And what happens when the content is being evaluated by a higher up body of people deciding that what you are saying isn't validated, isn't true, isn't right. Therefore, we can censor you and turn you off. It's an absolute opposite of what the Founding Fathers intended for us. Free interchange of ideas is one of the most important things that we have as Americans. Which also means that I can turn it off. I don't have to listen to all the CRAP that's being conveyed, um, even in the, the woke conversations and the things that are happening. I don't have to listen to it. I don't have to like it. But I will never advocate to have it removed or censored. Our our political system right now is going into unprecedented waters. And we as American people need to see it. I'm not advocating who to vote for. But we do have to be completely and acutely aware of what is happening. And we need to send a message at the ballot box that shows that this type of behavior, censorship, um, totalitarianism, uh, the, the idea that government knows better, we have to be aware that this is being imposed on us and we can resist and we need to resist. I smile when I say that because that's my free speech. That's my protective right under the First Amendment to say such a thing, is that we need to resist the idea that the authority and the government can actually censor what we say. First Amendment right. It's simple. I am not an advocate of being careless, and I hope you know this about my podcast. I try to research things the best I can. I try to look into things the best I can. When I was conveying information about the COVID vaccine, it was from a sincere heart. And I, week by week, tried to share the most important salient facts 
about what I believe and still believe about the vaccine. And I happen to line up actually more with the Democrats on that one than the Republicans, unfortunately. So maybe I wasn't censored for that reason. I don't know. But I have the right to change my mind. I have the right to convey information. I have the right to freely express my opinion. But here's what it comes down to from a cultural standpoint. Is that we have to become so much better at sifting through information to find out what is true and what is real. We are living in an age of social media where where journalism has completely lost its integrity. See, we used to we used to live under a period of time when information was conveyed to us that it was verified, that it was true, that it was that it was beyond um, um, reproach because the journalist had already done the work. That has completely shifted now and we need to be super aware as the citizenry of the United States. That is not the case anymore. Now in the social media aspect where it isn't about integrity, truth, facts, um, lining up, it's now about hits. It's now about clicks. It's now about the, the, um, the headlines that catch your attention. And it's about being first. We see it all the time in the sports world. I'm I, I, I just flabbergasted at some of the sports writers and the things that they write. And it's all just rumor without any kind of factual basis behind it. But they just put a salacious headline in. The Vikings are about to receive, uh, are, the Vikings are interested in one of these high-ranking free agents. And it turns out that it's just complete conjecture. They have no source. They have no reason to believe it. They just thought that it would be a great headline that people would read and it worked. I clicked on it. And that's all that matters. It doesn't matter whether it's true or it's real. And I've learned just to read the first sentences, the little blurbs, the little thumbnails about some of these things, because unless it says that this player came to our training camp for an interview, it's most likely just conjecture. Or whether it said that our coach said some kind of direct evidence or, or uh, eyewitness or statement from somebody who's actually in the know, these journalists are all about just headlines and clicks. It's all that matters. And if they can be the first one to quote unquote, break the story, then they get a little feather in their cap. They get more clicks. They get they get more adoration from the people who are higher up in their system. It has nothing to do whether it's true. So what they do is they take their bat and they just start swinging. It has nothing to do with truth. And they're going to swing and miss so many times, none of which of which we care. We're just looking for the one time that they hit the home run. And they're the first ones to break the story. This is what journalism has become. It's become darts on a dartboard. We just keep throwing them until we finally hit one that actually sticks. So we actually have to realize that as the consumer of information. We have to be so up on understanding facts, not just reading headlines, but digging into what they're saying, knowing where their sources are coming from, um, and understanding what the um, true information is so that we can make an informed decision. That was always my case even with the vaccine. Make an informed decision. Listen to what I have to say, and then you and your family can decide whether you think it's right for you. I was never an advocate of forced vaccination or government mandates. It doesn't never makes any sense. And here it is again, government trying to intervene on our behalf because they believe that we can't sift through the information for ourselves. We're just simply not smart enough. And so they have moved in and said, we need to screen this for you so that you can digest 
our information that we feel is true and right. My friends, that is a communist China mentality. That is not what America is about, and we need to resist. We need to be so good at deciphering information and holding people's feet over the fire when they convey false information, but not arrest them. There's a big difference. Not indict them, but either just simply reject what they have to say or or refute it with other information or, God forbid, have an open discourse about information. Sorry about the sarcasm. (laughs) That's what our country is founded on. Setting up the soapboxes on the corner of the streets and having a discussion about what is best for our country. Government today is starting to decide that they know what's best for our country. And that's a scary proposition. My goal wasn't just to be fear-mongering. My goal is that our eyes are open and that we are aware. I believe that the Father has created us to be people that interchange with each other and desire and long for truth. But we're also in a country that values our ability to convey our hearts. And we can listen to each other in honor, find common ground, and shift the culture towards what is best for our families and for our children. I believe that we can do that. I believe that's at the heartbeat of what this podcast is and was created for. So be aware as this court case goes on, really what's at stake. Be aware of the rhetoric that is going back and forth. And be aware that your First Amendment right is one of the greatest treasures that we have as as American citizens. So with that information, let's go together now to set and shape the culture.